Welcome to the Faith Broadcast. I'm so glad that you're watching today's message. I believe it'll be a blessing to you. I believe it'll encourage you, it'll strengthen you, and empower you to make Jesus famous in your everyday life. Enjoy today's message, and I'll see you at the end of the broadcast. Mark chapter 14, looking at verse 61 and verse 62 from the New Living Translation. Mark chapter 14, verse 61 and verse 62. And it says, but Jesus was silent and made no reply. Then the high priest asked him, are you the Messiah, the son of the blessed one? And Jesus said, I am. And you will see the Son of Man seated in the place of power at God's right hand and coming on the clouds of heaven. I know it's a very interesting text scripture to start from, especially since we're still over a month from Resurrection Sunday. But I want you to see how Jesus identified himself here. The high priest asked him, are you this person? And Jesus said, I am. Jesus said, I am the Messiah, which is Christ or the anointed one, the Son of the blessed one. Say, Jesus is the Messiah the Christ, the anointed one, the son of the blessed one. So I want that phrase, the ending part especially, to echo in your mind today's message. Say, Jesus is the son of the blessed one. One more time, say, Jesus is the son of the blessed one. Now go to Galatians chapter 3, verse 1, and just for a good bonus, you can put it in the chat, let's say it one more time. Say, Jesus is the son of the of the blessed one. Galatians chapter 3, starting with verse 1. Galatians chapter 3, starting with verse 1. In chapter 1 and chapter 2, one of the things you see Paul doing, he's giving his brief testimony in his history since he came to Christ and some of the things he's encountered and done in ministry. And when you get to chapter 3, verse 1, Paul just really jumps out the gate. He says, Oh foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth, before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified? This only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Now we know the answer. They received the Holy Spirit because of the hearing of faith. Then he goes on and says, are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, are you made perfect or complete by the flesh? So if you start in the Spirit, you got to continue in the Spirit. Have you suffered so many things in vain? If indeed it was in vain, therefore he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? So he's asking the question again. The miracles that the Holy Spirit does among you. Everything he does when you gather. Is he doing it because you follow the law? Or is he doing it because you have faith? The answer is faith. Just as Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Therefore, know that only those who are of faith are sons of Abraham. And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, not by the law, but by what? Preach the gospel. Now, what is gospel? 
What is the gospel? It's good news. Now, people say, well, the gospel is what Jesus did. It's true. Well, the gospel is that Jesus died. God raised him from the dead. He's coming back again. That's true. The gospel means good news. And now it says that God preached the gospel to Abraham. Wouldn't you like to be there to hear God the Father preach? Can you imagine that? But notice how he summarizes what God preached to Abraham. God preached the gospel to Abraham before him, saying, In you, all the nations shall be blessed. Now, you have to imagine when you study Genesis, that when we say nations, when we think about nations today, we think about United States, Canada, Mexico, Brazil, Argentina, Russia, Ukraine, Great Britain, France. We go through all these different nations in our mind, right? But this is written not about our time. So when God talked about nations, he was talking about families. Because he's writing this in Genesis 12, which we'll look at in a little bit. But when you look at chapter 10 and chapter 11 of Genesis, talk about the table of nations, it was 70 families. And we all come from one of those 70. Most of us a mixture of those 70. But notice something. The gospel is summarized that it doesn't matter what family you come from. It doesn't matter what nation you come from. It doesn't matter your ethnicity. It doesn't matter where you are on the planet. The will of God is for you to be blessed. Doesn't matter what you look like. Doesn't matter how light you are, how dark you are. The will of God is for you to be blessed. So then, those who are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham. Anybody of faith today? Because notice what it says next. For as many as of, are of the works of the law are under the curse. You don't want that. For it is written, cursed is everyone who does not continue in all things which are written in the books of the law and to do them. The, the law is not just the Ten Commandments. Because some of you even struggle with those 10. <laughs> to be honest, you're like, whoo, man, I got half of them today, Jesus, but that car ride, I broke one. The law is 613. Woo. Some of you can't even quote the Ten Commandments right now. Not even, not, not even mess like 613. And, he's, and the scripture says in Deuteronomy 27 that if you don't continue in all of these things, you will operate under the curse. So remember, when this verse is quoted in Deuteronomy 27, this wasn't just a statement. This was the contract. This was the covenant. And do you know what all of Israel said to that? Amen. They agreed. This was a covenant. This was a contract that they couldn't keep. But that no one, no one, not nobody, is justified by the law on the sight of God. It's evident. Yeah, because we can't do it. For the just shall live by faith. Faith is not a moment. It's not a movement. It's more than that. It's a lifestyle. 
Yet the law is not of faith, but the man who does them shall live by them. Get into verse 13. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. That the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the Spirit through faith. Let's give you some definitions. The word redeem means by payment of a price to recover from the power of another. By payment of a price to recover from the power of another. Let's put it in the chat and say it out loud. Say redeem. Come on, say redeem. It means by payment of a price to recover from the power of another. Now let's define curse. A simple definition for curse is the empowerment to fail. Another definition that I want to give you today, it's a supernatural power that inflicts harm, injury, punishment, and evil. A supernatural power that inflicts harm, injury, punishment, and evil. To be cursed also means to be given up to barrenness. That's in every area of your life where nothing in your life works. Nothing in your life produces. Nothing in your life grows or does well. So the curse is the empowerment to fail. It is a supernatural power that inflicts harm, injury, punishment, and evil. To be given up to this curse is to be given up to barrenness. But the scripture says, we have been redeemed or rescued from the power of the curse of the law. Now let me summarize the curse of the law for you because it's pretty clear in Deuteronomy chapter 20, it's like 40 verses describing it. So we're not gonna read those 40 verses today. Someone say, thank God. But let me summarize it for you. It's poverty, sickness, mental illness, constant defeat, family drama, diminished returns in productivity, and premature death. The curse of the law summarized is poverty, sickness, mental illness, constant defeat, family drama, diminished returns in productivity, and premature death. Let us sink in one more time. It's poverty, sickness, mental illness, constant defeat, family drama, diminished returns in productivity, and premature death. Now, how did Jesus redeem us or rescue us from the power of the curse of the law? How did Jesus redeem us and rescue us from the power of poverty, sickness, mental illness, constant defeat, family drama, diminished returns of productivity, and premature death. The son of the blessed one became a curse. Let that sink in. Not just anybody became a curse or became cursed. The son of the blessed one himself became a curse. For it is written, cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. So when Jesus was nailed to the cross, their curse came on him. 
up until that point had only known the blessing. But as it also says in Scripture, he was made sin so that we could be the righteous God in Christ Jesus. He never sinned, but he was made sin so that we could be the righteous of God in Christ Jesus. And at that same time he was made sin, at that same time he took our sickness and disease, at that same time the curse was placed on him. The son of the blessed one himself. Why? So that the blessing of Abraham may come on all of us. Say, I am redeemed. I am rescued from the curse of the law. Let's say it again and put it in the chat. Say, I am redeemed. I am rescued from the curse of the law. One more time. Say, I am redeemed. I am rescued from the curse of the law. So today's message is called No More Curse. Say, No More Curse. Come on, put it in the chat, say it out loud, say no more curse. Because why should something be in your life that you've been redeemed from? Why should something show up in your life that you've been rescued from? Why should you be putting up with stuff and living with stuff that you've been redeemed from? The price has been paid. You are not under the law. You are under grace. So the curse should have nothing to do with you. You are redeemed. You are rescued. Go with me to Genesis 12. You're redeemed. You're rescued. You've been delivered from the power of the curse. You've been delivered from poverty. You've been delivered from sickness. You've been delivered from mental illness. You've been delivered from constant defeat. You've been delivered from diminished returns and productivity. You've been delivered from family drama. You've been delivered from premature death. That is not your portion because Jesus went to the cross for you. And all those who would dare put their faith in the finished work of Jesus can leave free and live free of the curse. Genesis 12, verse 1. It says, the blessing of Abraham. So let's look at how Abraham got blessed. Now the Lord has said unto Abram, get thee out of your country from your kindred, from your father's house, unto a land I will show you, and I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse them that curse thee, and in you shall all the families of the earth be blessed. We saw that in Galatians 3, that's the gospel, right? So Abraham is now the blessed. Right? We see Abraham lives out his life and his son Isaac becomes what they call the blessed. Even the heathen say, we see now that you are the blessed of the Lord. That the blessing should be so evident people should see it on you. But too many of us have familiarized ourselves with the curse that we believe it's our portion and we act like it and we talk like it. When it says, I will bless you, and when someone tries to curse you, you don't trip because you know it can't work. 
because you are the blessed. But too many of us have put faith in the words of another. Faith in the words of people who've spoken evil over us. Whether they're witches and warlocks. Or people in our upbringing who said the wrong things over our lives. Whether it's people in the media, wherever you go, they're saying things about you. That limits you to the curse. And because you've heard it, because you've seen it, because you talk like it, you put your faith in that. And now you put up with things in your life that you've been rescued from. You put up with things in your life that you've been delivered from. You put up with things in your life that you think are your portion where they should never have anything to do with you because you are the blessed. I wanna show you what should happen when curses try to come to your life. Let me tell you about an interesting dude in scripture in the Old Testament, his name is Balaam. Now. There's a few mentions of him in the Old Testament and in the New. But in the New Testament, Jesus mentions him, Jude mentions him, and so does Peter. And summarize what they said is, don't act like him. Now look, if Jesus, Peter, and Jude have to say, don't do that, you know, don't do that. And so let's look at his life. We'll maybe dive in a little bit more in the upcoming weeks. But Numbers chapter 22, verse 12. Balaam was hired by an enemy nation, an enemy group, to curse God's people. To curse the people of God who are about to go in the promised land. The enemy king looked at him and says, I can't take them by myself, so let me see if I can get some supernatural help. Let me see if I can curse these people that came out of Egypt. And God appears to Balaam and said, you shall not go with them. You shall not curse the people, for they are what? Don't you even dare go with them, because they're blessed. Now, when he studied out, Balaam persisted. Well, why did he persist? He was greedy, and God dealt with him. And so, he eventually gets to where they are. The next chapter, Numbers chapter 23. And notice what he begins to say because he tries to curse them three different times. I said he tried. I said he tried. But every time he opened his mouth, he began to bless instead. Every time he tried to curse the blessed ones, the cursing became a blessing. Numbers 23 verse 19, he begins to say, God is not a man that he should lie nor a son of man that he shall repent. Has he said and will he not do it? Or has he spoken and will he not make it good? Behold, I've received a command to bless. He has blessed and I cannot, look at that, I cannot. I cannot reverse it. God has blessed and there's nothing I can do about it. God has blessed and I cannot reverse it. Say so he can't do it. He goes on and says, He has not observed iniquity in Jacob, nor has he seen wickedness in Israel. The Lord his God is with him, and the shout of a king is among them. God brings them out of Egypt. He has strength like a wild ox, for there is no sorcery against Jacob, nor any divination against Israel. It now must be said of Jacob and of Israel, Oh, what God has done. The New Living Translation says it this way, No curse can touch Jacob. 
nor magic has any power against Israel. For now it will be said of Jacob, what wonders God has done for Israel. This is the blessing of Abraham. And it's what you got if you're in Christ Jesus. Because it says at the end of Galatians chapter 3, all those who put their faith in Jesus are the seed of Abraham. Deuteronomy 23 verse 5 talks about this instance in New Living Translation. It says, but the Lord your God refused to listen to Balaam. He turned the intended curse into a blessing because the Lord your God loves you. Woo! They tried to curse the blessed people, but it became a blessing. There have been curses spoken over your life. I'm telling you, take your faith out of the curse and put your faith in the blessing. Because what they spoke about you, what they cursed you with, is going to turn into a blessing. Too many of you have agreed with the devilish doctrine of the curse of Ham. What was preached in this nation for hundreds of years. And when you look at it, God never cursed Ham. But it was twisted and preached. And sadly, too many people believe it and is in the back of your mind that this is what has to happen because of the color of my skin. But I'm telling you what they said against you. What they said was going to happen will be reversed. Why? Your God loves you. And you've put your faith in Jesus. And remember when we summarized the gospel at the beginning of this message, God's will is that all people of all nations, of all families, of all colors will be blessed. Doesn't matter how dark you are or how light you are. Doesn't matter your background or what race you are. The will of God is for you to be blessed. And anything that tries to curse you because of your age, because of your name, because of your gender, because of your background, because of your color, because of your ethnicity, because of your nationality, because of your status, has to be reversed if you put your faith in Jesus. The curse cannot work. Say the curse cannot work because I am blessed in Christ Jesus. We have to change our thinking. We are not a cursed people. We are the blessed. And it doesn't matter what witch or warlock tries to say something against us. Doesn't matter what Satan tries to do. We are the blessed. Whew. Go to Malachi chapter 3 with me. Whew. We're the blessed. We're the blessed. We're the blessed. It's time to talk like it. It's time to act like it. time to think like it. We're the blessed. We're not a cursed people. We don't go where we're expecting evil. We don't go there expecting to lose. We go to places expecting to win. We are the blessed of the Lord. And the blessing that's on us has nothing to do with the national economy. It is not regulated by inflation. 
It is not regulated by Moscow. It is not regulated by Washington, D.C. It is not regulated by New York City. It is not regulated by Wall Street. It is not regulated by what the Fortune 500 does. We are the blessed of the Lord. Malachi chapter 3. Malachi chapter 3. Verse 6. For I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore, you sons of Jacob are not consumed. That's good news. But notice what it says next. Even from the days of your fathers, you are gone away from my ordinances and have not kept them. Return unto me, and I return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you said, wherein shall we return? Well, a man robbed God. Yet you have robbed me, but you say, wherein have we robbed you? And he says, in tithes and in offerings. Say, in tithes and in offerings. Go ahead and say it again and put it in the chat. Say, in tithes and in offerings. Verse 9, you are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Pause. Remember Malachi chapter 3 is under the law, right? It's the old covenant, right? So that curse has nothing to do with you. That's why when I preach tithing, I don't preach it like we're in the mafia. <laughs> Say, this curse has nothing to do with me. Verse 10, bring you all the tithes, say all the tithes, into the storehouse that there may be meat or provision in my house, and prove me now or put me to the test, says the Lord of hosts. If I'll not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there should not be room enough to receive it. So what do we see here? Now remember, these are already a blessed people because of the seed of Abraham, right? But there's more blessing for them to receive, right? Or pour out, actually, the Hebrews empty out. That means there's more blessing that can fall on you. So that means the tithe is the connection point to an increase of the blessing. The tithe is the connection point to an increase of the blessing. We don't tithe because we're scared of the curse. Why? We've been redeemed from it. We've been rescued from it. So we don't tithe like those who are under the law. Because we're not under the law. We're not. What are we under? The blessing. We're under grace. You have to understand tithing was way before the law. You see the concepts of tithing in the Garden of Eden? You see the concepts of tithing even with Abel and Cain? But you see it very clearly when Abraham gave tithes to Melchizedek. And it tells us in the book of Hebrews that Jesus is a priest after the order of Melchizedek. And so we're of faith like Abraham, right? So that means we should tithe like Abraham. There was no law that told Abraham he had to tithe or else. There was no law. When did Abraham tithe? Verse, chapter 14, verse 18. And Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought forth bread and wine, and he was the priest of the Most High God. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram of the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be the Most High God, which has delivered your enemies into your hand. And he gave him tithes of all. So why did Abraham tithe? Because he had victory. 
Why did Abraham tithe? Because he had increase. It wasn't, oh, there's a curse out there. Oh, I'm afraid of what God might do. No, he's tithing from the standpoint of what God has already done. He's tithing from the standpoint of the victory God has already given him. He's tithing from the standpoint of the increase that God has given. That's why he tithed. Now, why did his grandson tithe? Genesis 28, verse 18. It's a mindset shift. Because some of you tithe out of fear of the curse. And I don't want you to be curse-minded. You need to be blessing-minded. Yes, tithing was before the law. Tithing was during the law. And the minister of Jesus, Jesus said, you ought to tithe. He was correcting the Pharisees and said, look, you guys tithe off of the smallest things. You tithe off of mint. You tithe off of dill leaves. And he said, you should do that. But don't forget about the weightier things. And we see tithing mentioned in the book of Hebrews. So tithing is not a matter of the law, but the mindset we approach tithing has to change. We can't approach tithing with the mindset of the law. We have to approach tithing with the mindset of the blessing. Genesis 28, verse 18, it says, As Jake, And Jacob rose up early in the morning and took the stone that he put for the pillows. He just had an encounter with God and set up a pillar and poured oil upon the top of it. And he called the name of that place Bethel. But the name of the city was called Luz at first. And Jacob vowed a vow saying, If God will be with me and will keep me in this way, that I will go and will give me bread to eat and raiment to put on so that I come again to my father's house in peace. Then shall the Lord be my God. And this stone which I've set for pillar shall be God's house. And all that you shall give me, I will surely give a tenth unto you. Now remember, this is hundreds of years before the law. There's no law telling Jacob tithe or else. He's not thinking about a curse. What is Jacob tithing on behalf of? The faithfulness of God. So we tithe because God's been faithful. We tithe because God's given us victory. We tithe because God has given us increase. We tithe out of honor. That's what they did before the law. And those of us who live after the law, this is what we do and why we do what we do. It has to be a mind shift. You have to become blessing conscious, not curse conscious. Go to Proverbs chapter 26, verse 2. I'm just unpacking this today. To set up for where we're going to go Wednesday, so we're ready for next Sunday. So remember, next Sunday. So we barely even got into what the blessing can do. So make sure next Sunday, say next Sunday. You bring your point of contact, whatever is your budget or your business plan, your plans for expansion, your investments, anything that represents your debt. The blessing will be released. And we're expecting testimonies that just don't make logical sense. Proverbs 26, verse 2. I will get into this part more on Wednesday. Proverbs chapter 26, verse 2. As the bird by wandering, as the swallow by flying, so the curse causeless shall not come. The New King James says it this way, like a flittering sparrow, like a flying swallow, so a curse without cause shall not alight. So think about this, like birds. Birds can't just land in midair. They have to land on something. 
So one of the things we have to make sure as the blessed people we do is we don't give the curse something to land on. Why? We're blessed. The curse has nothing to do with us. Since it has nothing to do with us, don't prepare a room for it. It's like you've been delivered for something, and then you say, well, let me prepare the room so we can come back. No. We have to make sure that what we do, what we say, how we act, how we think, well, don't prepare a place for the curse to land. Because too many of us deal with the effects. The curse is still in the earth. The curse is not taken away. The curse does not leave the earth to the end of the book of Revelation. The curse is still in the earth. It's still a force in this earth. And yes, you want the force to be with you, but not that force. The curse is in this earth. It's here. But you need to make sure you don't give a place for it to land in your life. You make sure you don't open the door to it. Because if you open the door, it will gladly come in. And someone's like, it's been way too glad to be in my life. So what you have to make sure you do is that you set up things for the blessing to land on. Because you realize that God already says he blesses the work of your hands. Say, my hands are blessed. And then whatever work you do, that's blessed. Say, that's blessed. But we always want to make sure we keep the doors open for more blessing to be poured out. Because what happens when you're blessed beyond what you can control? It falls on somebody else. What happens when your business becomes so blessed that you need extra help? You hire people at good wages. If you don't like the wages that are being offered in the world, you prosper and you set the example. We have to think beyond our four and no more. Because when we begin to think bigger, we can actually change our community. But we think what God does is limited to these four walls that we won't have an impact like we need. But we have to keep growing and increasing in the blessing and making sure we don't give the curse a place to land. Go with me to Psalm 107. Say, the curse has nothing to do with me. So that means you need to put away your sage. Trying to cover all your bases with the blood over here and sage over here and horoscopes over here and... All that's going to do is end you up confused and demons having a house party. It's like, well, they're going to leave when I say the name. No, they're going to stay. And they're going to sound religious because you religious. Some of you think you got no demons in your house because they sound spiritual. <laughs> Psalm 107, you put that stuff away. Some of you have a book of Acts moment and have a burning of all that stuff in your house. Get it out. Those are places for the curse to land. 
Those are things that open the door to harassing spirits for generations. There are people who deal with those things because of things their grandmother, their great-grandmother did. So, well, pastor, they're not here anymore. How do I stop it? You want to know how to stop it? You don't mind if I pause right here and tell you how to stop it, right? It's not deep. I can tell you real quick. You ready? Y'all can listen. You got to listen quick. Y'all listen quick. You stand before God and say, Father, I don't know why they did what they did or exactly what they did, but on behalf of my family, on behalf of my generations, I repent. I plead the blood of Jesus. I cancel the agreement with the devil. I end the curse, and I receive the blessing. That's what you do. That's how you stop it. Now, after you stop it, even Jesus taught this, that after a demon leaves, it tries to come back and try to bring his friends with it. So what do you do when it tries to come back? No. In the name of Jesus, get out. Now you have no right to operate here anymore. I've removed the place from the curse to land, and you cannot land in my family any longer. You have to resist it. So if somebody else in your family opened doors, you close the door. Think about your house. Just because someone left the door open doesn't mean you leave it open. I don't know why they left the door open. Look, flies are coming in, mosquitoes are coming in, wasps coming in. Why is my door open? Close it! And kill the mosquitoes and wasps that came in! Psalm 107. Psalm 107, verse 20. Psalm 107. Verse 20. It says, He sent His word and healed them and delivered them from their what? Delivered from the destructions. Let's go back a little bit earlier in this wonderful psalm because it's a psalm of deliverance. Because it also tells us earlier in the psalm. Let the redeemed of the Lord, wait a minute. Let the redeemed of the Lord do what? 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 So what is your response when something tries to show up in your life? I'm redeemed. Anything you're redeemed from, that's your response. It's like, uh-uh, I'm redeemed from that. Well, we don't know what to call it. I'm redeemed from that. I can't pronounce it. I'm especially redeemed from that. I'm not putting my faith in something I cannot pronounce. I am redeemed from that. Well, we don't know. The study in the laboratory, I'm redeemed from that. Put that in the laboratory. I'm redeemed. Mm-mm. Because you know the end of the curse of the law in Deuteronomy 28, it says, in every sickness, disease, and anything that's not written in this book. Good. Say, so, well, it just came out. I'm redeemed. <laughs> Running out of money due to inflation. I'm redeemed. Gas prices looking like GPAs. I'm redeemed. <laughs> Woo! Redeemed. Yeah, gas may go up, but I'm not running out. I'm redeemed. Well, bread and milk went up too. Well, I guess God's going to have to give me extra. 
I'm redeemed. It's a different mindset shift. We're not complaining about everything. No, we'll be the ones who solve it. We're blessed. So we talk different. We act different. We think different because we're redeemed. And we're people who believe that the blessing on us is enough to influence our community. It's enough to shift things. People can complain about everything. It's a lot to complain about. But it didn't say, let the redeemed of the Lord complain. It didn't say, let the redeemed of the Lord whine and murmur. Because you know that word murmur in the King James in the book of Exodus and in the law, when they came out of Egypt, every time they murmured, that means they came to a stop. They stopped moving forward. They came to a stop and complaining. Have you paused your progress because you wanted to run your mouth and whine? Yes, have people in your life you can talk to and vent to, but make sure those are the people who can remind you what you need to do. Who can put you back in faith. Who's going to be in agreement with you, not people who are going to justify your negativity and justify you being offense and justify and you being petty. Those are the people you need to vent to. That's why you need some faith friends. That means you shouldn't just run out of the sanctuary as soon as we dismiss. Mm -hmm. Say hi to somebody. Say hello. They hungry too, just like you. We need each other. Well, they got issues, so do you. They don't do things the way I want them done. Well, neither do you do the things they want them done either. Yet God has called us to do this life together, knowing that we are all different. Different. That's why the word of God says bear with one another or put up with each other. Because think about this. Jesus puts up with you, you can put up with somebody else. Because see, what happens is another place where the curse can land, we'll talk about this in a few weeks, is division. Division. Well, they did something. I'm sure you did something too. You know, it's possible for you both to be wrong. And see, the thing is, the blessing can be strong on one person. But when the blessing comes strong on all people gathered together in a community, more can be done. One can put a thousand to flight. But what about two? What about a hundred? What about all the people in this church? What can we do if we actually grasp this reality and walk together as blessed ones? What would dare stand before us? Because we move forward in the name. We move forward in the blessing. We move forward in the mentality and the understanding that we are the redeemed. Amen. I believe today's message encourages you, it strengthens you, it's helping you to live the lifestyle of faith. If you're ever in the metro Atlanta area, we'd love for you to worship with us in person. You can find information about our different locations at fccga.com. Also, we have so many different ways where you can get the word. You can download our Faith Plus app. You could also visit us on our social media pages, on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook 
on YouTube. We'd love for you to connect with us. We also have a podcast on Apple Podcasts as well as on Spotify. We have two. One is called the Faith Podcast, and then we have our daily devotional podcast, which is called Faith in the Morning. I look forward to seeing you on many different social media platforms and in person at Faith Christian Center. Thank you so much for tuning in. And remember, something good is going to happen to you today, so expect miracles. God bless.